Uh, it is uh, good to be back here teaching with you guys. Um, I think this is my third time. Um, and I, I feel like a broken record by now, but I just want to continue to be honest with you. This is not the most comfortable place for me to be in. <laughs> I'm just being completely honest. Um, I'm not Matt Ross. I'm not Ryan, and I don't look forward to this. But, but, um, this is something I feel like the Lord has really put on my heart to continue to develop um, and to continue to be submissive to Him. Um, and so that's, so that's why I'm up here. Um, and I kind of always have the philosophy, I'm going to let the Word say what the Word says. Um, and so, I have... I've actually, I've, I've really enjoyed our time in Mark so far. Um, I was pretty excited when Ryan um, decided that this semester we were going to go through the life of Christ, specifically in the book of Mark, um, because I, I love how Mark has a way of just kind of cutting right through stuff and getting to the heart of what Jesus is really saying. And part of that is, is um, because I'm going to give you some background. Um, I know Ryan is giving you a little bit of background of Mark. I'm a person who really values that. So I just want to give you just a little bit of who Mark is, why he's writing this, how he writes it. Um, he's largely writing um, from the eyewitness account of the apostle Peter. So that in itself should kind of give you a little context um, about what he's saying. Because Matthew, Matthew writes his gospel from a Jewish perspective. So you get a lot of Jewish tradition, a lot of, a lot of things that speak towards the, the, the Jewish traditions. Um, Luke is, is a little bit different. It's, 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 he writes to Gentiles like Mark, but it's someone who's kind of familiar with Jewish traditions. Um, and so forth. And Mark typically writes to people that really don't, they, they, didn't, they, they probably didn't know much about Christ. They probably didn't know much about the Jews. And so I think that's why, who, who in here has read through the book of Mark? A few of you. Okay, so you guys know what I'm talking about when at many times it feels like a sprint. Like you are sprinting. The first 10 chapters are three years of ministry. And it's boom, boom, boom. Um, I remember uh, discussing a couple years ago with Matt Ross about something, and he made the, he made the reference that uh, the gospel of Mark is like Superman Jesus. Because you see a lot of um, healings, a lot of miracles, casting out demons, and it's just boom, boom, one right after another. Uh, and then you kind of come to a, a screeching halt when you get to a, chapter 11, and spend six chapters in the last week of Jesus' life. So it's, an, it's a fascinating book. I love it. Um, I am going to be in chapter 10. So if you want to turn there. Um, specifically in the account, the passage of the rich young ruler. Um, and before I start reading, um, can I throw up the discussion questions just now? Yeah, right here. Okay, so... The reason why I'm doing this now is because I want you guys to be thinking of this stuff as I'm talking, as we're going through the, to the, uh, through the passage. 
Um, because these discussion questions actually stole from my small group leader. Um, I know. It's, I'm admitting it, though. Um, I asked his permission, but he was, he was yeah, go for it. Um, anyway, uh, we've been doing this in, in my small group. Um, we've been reading a passage, and we've been going through this, these questions. So we're starting in Genesis. Um, so I just thought it, I thought, it would be, I thought it would be really applicable for this setting. And when you guys get into group times... Uh, to go through these questions because I, I think it just kind of hits, hits home. It, it does for me. So the first one is, what happened in this passage? In your own words. So what's going on? Uh, what does this passage tell us about God? What he is like? What he does? Third, what does this passage tell us about people? What are we like? What specific things did characters think or do? Um, the fourth question is actually one that I, that I added. Who am I in this story? Which character best represents me? And the last question um, is probably my favorite. Um, if this passage is really true, how should, it, how should I change my life or continue to live? And I want to, I love that question because some of you don't believe it's true. But you can still answer it. If it was true, how would this change my life? So be thinking of these as we're going through our discussion, um, as we're reading the passage. Um, And I'm going to pick it up. um, I'm actually going to pick it up at the section before in verse 13. Um, A lot of people kind of put these two sections together. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, Start in verse 13, um, read through 31. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and disciples rebuked him. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. Um, Think angry. That's that's pretty much what the translation is. Um, He said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not inherit it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, saying, laying his hands on them. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not, be a, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I've kept through my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his word. But Jesus said to them, Again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at him and said, With With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all 
things are possible with God, Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, or mother or father, or children, or lands for my sake, and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last in the last first. <clears throat> so in the time I have, and I'll be honest with you right now, I don't plan on being up here that long. Um, I'd rather have you guys have time in your groups to really get into what the message is saying. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to highlight pretty much just two things. There, there's a lot in this passage. There is a ton. Um, I want to focus on the first thing, which is the rich young man, or some of your transitions might be rich young ruler. And then P- Jesus' address to Peter. So the first thing, I know I can relate to this. This is why this, is why this part passage is so hard, because it hits home to me. Uh, when I look at who the rich young man is and how he came to Jesus, can you imagine? I mean, he's coming to Jesus, kneeling and going, good teacher, what must I do to inherit, the, inherit eternal life? And Jesus just sees right through him. Why do you call me good? Don't you know only God is good? It's almost like Jesus saw right through him and saying, I'm not the Lord of your life. I am not, you don't consider me God. So he says to him, don't murder. Don't commit adultery, don't steal, do not bear false wisdom, don't defraud on your father and mother. These are the Ten Commandments. Most all of you in here are probably keeping them. You can say this to yourselves. I'm, I'm not... I'm not, uh, I'm not murdering people, not committing adultery, not, I'm not stealing a whole bunch of stuff, I'm not intentionally lying, I'm for the most part pretty nice to my mom and dad, kind of. Um, those, most of us in here are probably keeping, keeping these commandments, but it's, it's, it's this, but what this, this guy is coming down to it's a salvation issue. It's he's trying to do it. He's trying to earn salvation. So I love, I love how Mark says this. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. He says, you lack one thing. Go. So all that you have, give to the poor. And you will treasure in heaven. Come follow me. And he went away Sorrowful. Because for him, because he had, it says here, he had great possessions. He couldn't give it up. This is what defined him. This is what he was so, he was holding on to this so hard. That when confronted of it, it says for you to inherit eternal life, for, me, for Jesus to become Lord of your life, you have to give it up. He went away. Sorrowful because he, he knew how hard it would be 
And at this point in time, he probably couldn't. So I kind of want to ask you, put yourself in the rich young ruler. For those of you that Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, don't lie to yourselves. What are you holding on to? What, what is it that you're holding so tight onto that it's Jesus can't be the Lord of your life because something else is? It may not be riches. It may be your image. What you want people to see. What you try to portray to other people. That defines you. It could be knowledge. Being smarter than everybody else. It could be humor. You're the funny guy. Or the funny girl. Everybody's... I... Nobody, nobody in this room, none of us leaders can really tell you what it is. You know it. And it's, whenever I read, it's just, whenever I read this, it just cuts. It's like, ooh. It's like right there. Because I know what it's like to be holding on to something so hard to not let it go. The second aspect that I want to hit on is Jesus' reply to Peter. Because Peter did. Him and him and the other disciples, they did. They left everything to follow Jesus. And for the longest time, I, I, when I read the last part, um, I didn't read, this, read it this way until just recently when I was like, Jesus is actually encouraging them. <laughs> Jesus is actually... Um, he's being encouraging them. He's saying, you have left house. You have left brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children for my sake and the gospel. And because of this, doing this, because I am the Lord of your life, you will receive a hundredfold. A hundredfold is basically, uh, it's, it's whatever you have, and so much more. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's crazy. It's, I don't even know how to explain a hundredfold. But he's saying you're going to get it in this life. You're going to get brothers, sisters, mothers, children, land. With persecutions, it's going to be hard. But in the end, the biggest thing you're going to get is eternal life. I can't tell you. I... Uh, I have a family. I, I love my family, my mom and dad, my brothers, um, grandparents. Um, over the last year, I've been confronted with the fact that I'm probably the only Christian in my family, the only true believer, um, based on different life events. Um, it's been hard to see. It's not like I've lost them, but because I know I'm a Christian— my family has gotten so much bigger. I've been, been provided through the church so many brothers and sisters in Christ. People who I can look up to um, that are kind of like the father and mother figures um, in the spiritual sense. Um, it's, it's such a blessing. And I, I can really relate to this. And it hasn't been easy. There's been a lot of persecution. There's been a lot of things that I've lost 
But because of Christ, I'm okay with it. It's so, it's so much better. And that's why we come to when Jesus' last comment says that many will be, who are first will be last and the last first. Um, the rich man would have been considered first. He would have had it all. He would have had the, the possessions, the money. He would have been considered first in society. The disciples who were mostly fishermen, tax collectors, whatever, they would have been considered last. But because Jesus was not Lord of the rich man, young rich man's life, he would have been considered last in the disciples who had nothing to offer. But in the spiritual sense, would have been considered first in the kingdom. And I want to give you an illustration. Um, I, I, I think the Bible provides some of the best illustrations. Um, so I'm going to go to Philippians. We're going to look at Paul. Uh, because Paul is someone who would have been considered a rich man. Um, in this story, Mark, we don't really know what happened to the rich man. Um, ultimately, the Bible just doesn't tell us. But we do know with Paul, who, who in many places gives his testimony. <clears throat> so I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 3. And this is a part where, where Paul is saying he's the... Um, He's circumcised on the eighth day. He's a tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a zealot. He persecuted the church. He was blameless. But he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. I counted everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish. In order that I may, may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that de- depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of the re- resurrection and may share his sufferings, <clears throat> becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That's Paul saying, I was a rich man, rich young ruler at one time in my life and I gave it up so that Christ would be the Lord of my life and I gained so much more. So, I want you guys to go to your group time. Um, leaders, I don't know what you plan on doing. I just, I'm going I'm to tell, tell my guys not right now because I can what we're going to do. Um, we're going to have a limited icebreaker time, and we're going to actually discuss. I see some of the guys smirking right now. We're going we're gonna to really discuss, um, discuss this passage and how it affects your life. What does it change? Um, so I'm going to pray. I want you guys to go to your groups um, and discuss the Bible. Lord, uh, just thank you for this time. Um, thank you for your word um, and how it speaks to us, Lord. Um, pierce our hearts where it needs to be pierced. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged, Lord, and ultimately 
Lord, I pray that you become the Lord of our lives. In your name I pray, amen.